Hello, everyone. Heather Jean here. I'm so happy that you're here with us for the podcast, Confidence Through Cabaret. We are joined today by Samantha, who is a women's self-love and sexual empowerment coach. And I'm so excited that she's going to share with us. Samantha helps women come into healing and healthy relationship with their bodies through intimacy and embodiment and self-pleasure practices. And she's a trauma-informed background. So it's Fantastic to have you here, Samantha. Mm, it's such a pleasure and honor to be with you, Heather Jean. <sighs> right. So, okay. So many questions. So we have been talking mm -hmm. just in advance of this, just as a heads up. We, we were kind of talking about like, what is confidence through cabaret? What does it mean to feel good in your body? And, and what is sexuality and feeling sexy. How did you get started in your profession? Yeah, so, it, you know, as many folks, my, this became my own medicine. And so I grew up, um, I grew up without a father and I have a background with some sexual trauma in my past. And mm -hmm. so most of my life, I didn't really have a connection to my sexuality in let's say a conscious or healthy way. And I didn't even really self-pleasure until maybe my late teens, but it was very, there was a lot of confusion around it. And, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. And it wasn't even, it was, it was really hard for me to orgasm for, for a very long time until maybe like three or four years ago um, in my mid twenties. And so it's really just this journey of wanting to learn and discover myself more and to really access this depth of pleasure that I knew I'd heard in, from others and witnessed that it was possible. And so I found different teachers like Psalms Zadora and Layla Martin, who I studied under specifically. Wow. So I did a sex, love, and relationship coaching training in 2019. It took two years to complete, so it was really intensive and thorough. And we were, she had a self-pleasuring with a glass wand like five times a week. And so I oh. broke through some edges um, during that time. Went from taking a very long time and kind of being very much in my head and very disembodied, um, could barely, orgasm and especially that was just by myself with a partner it was even more challenging it's not anymore thankfully but it took years of practice and yeah now I, I've transformed through this work so wow um, yeah it feels like it's just my natural calling to share this with other with other women I love that. And I just, I, I mean, I know you've worked hard and you've, you know, uh, spent many hours uh, training to, to be the professional that you are. I just wish every woman could have that, that training or at least some of it, you know, because I don't, um, I, I think I, um, a lot of us have that, whether we have a trauma background or not, I think we, uh, we, you know, like, how do you learn this stuff? Right? You, you're, where are you, where are you going to get it from? Unless, I'm, I mean, not very many people's parents teach them. And then where do you, where do you learn it from? Right. 
And I think a lot of people don't even know that there are coaches like yourself out there. When the student is ready, the teacher will come. Yeah. There's a lot of press around that. But yeah, it's really unfortunate. Our sex education or lack thereof and just, you know, especially in Western culture, that's what I can speak to. That's what I know the most. Um, just so disembodied and disempowered in this way. Like there's, I feel like there's a reason why we are not taught this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of taboo around sex. You know, it's hyper-sexualized in many ways. Um, and just lack of conversation around sex, you know, sexual trauma, how to heal those deeper wounds from our childhood and our past. And also, yeah, just this, this lack of conversation around the whole thing and this this lack of community that we don't have that. And so our parents didn't have it, so they probably didn't teach it to us. And there's a lot of fear around it. And yeah, I envision a world where women, um, girls and boys from a young age are taught this in, in a conscious way so that they can choose how to relate to themselves rather than relating in unconscious ways to themselves and other people. Yeah, or even relate by a, a partner who doesn't know what they're doing or even worse is toxic and passes that on because that then becomes your own beliefs if that's your experience and that's all you can have. So what does it mean to have a coach like yourself? Like what? How, how does that process work? Um, I guess self-love coach makes makes a lot of sense to people, but the sexual empowerment coach part of it, what, what does that mean that you do? Yeah, so in our, my one-on-one -on -one sessions, and I have a group coaching program that I can speak to later, but we really, you know, discover what is it that you desire? We kind of lead by desires and you know, there's many layers, like, why do you want what you want? There, sometimes there's hidden things that show up and that are more important. There's a kind of a hierarchy of desires that we have. And so just really honing in exactly what it is that a woman wants to achieve together, and then using the pathways of pleasure and intimacy practices with self, deepening that connection, because a lot of us have becomes really desensitized and disconnected from our bodies, which holds so much information and power and pleasure. And so we're really just creating those pathways through mm -hmm. self-pleasuring in a very conscious, healing, embodied way, very, very present. And also, yeah, there's many layers of the work that I do because I also work with boundaries and compassionate communication and um, yeah, working with befriending all parts of ourselves. I think that's, that's a huge part of it. And that's ultimately like the goal, creating more integration and yeah, really embracing all of ourselves, <clears throat> making um, connections between the mind, body, consciousness, so that we can live in alignment with the things that we say that we want and bring that forth into our reality and have a truly fulfilling life. 
in essence. That's what I'm doing. There's many layers. Wow. Wow. I know. I'm just sitting there going, wow. Okay. So, because I think a lot of people would look at it and go, okay, well, so, so sexual empowerment course, you're going to teach me how to feel good in my body and so, but it's not that simple, is it? Because it's such a mind body connection. So, so, you know, having boundaries and, you know, really even understanding what it is that we want. Like, I think if you asked a lot of women, what do you want? They wouldn't even be able to answer that, let alone be able to have what they say they want. Right. Um, and I guess without a menu, in other words, without the education, <laughs> how would you know what you want or how you want to feel? Yeah, it's very multifaceted, multi-layered and that's what the beauty of this work too, is that it really, there's this connection between the throat and the sacral chakra, your sexuality. And so, you know, it's okay if you don't know exactly what you desire in the beginning, that could, it's a discovery process and that can unfold over time and it definitely will shift and change, you know, as your life progresses. But having this deep connection and trust with self that's what this, the foundation of this work also really is, is developing safety with your body. Because even there's like a range of trauma, right? So even if it was more emotional trauma, or even if it was like with a partner, and sometimes you wanted to say no, but you really said yes. So there's like these subtle acts of self-abandonment that can create distrust with the body. So for many of us, we learned that the body wasn't safe you know, and we don't necessarily think of it that way, but that's what our our brain kind of registers that as. And so it's really building, resourcing, learning how to self-soothe, learning how to really understand yourself more and to build that that foundation of trust and safety. Wow. So do you start with mind or body? We... We do a little bit of both. Okay. So, you know, we'll start off with more practices that maybe feel more safe, less less edgy. Um, so like eye gazing, for example. That can feel pretty awkward at first, but I've, I've had women share that it breaks down walls and, you know, at first they're like, they're unsure about it, but then eventually like, they're in tears and they're just like, I love myself. Like that's really a common response to that practice. And then things like shaking and um, yeah. So it, so it's, you know, I give you practices that you do by yourself and I have guided audios as well. And then also in our, in our one-on-one -on -one work, it's really important. I try to bring people back into their bodies because it's so easy to, especially in this world to really be up here in our minds. Um, so it's kind of a balance and a dance to, you know, depending on the person where they're at, try to meet people where they're at um, and ease into the work. You know, you don't want to shock the nervous system. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so I'm thinking about, somebody who because we were talking before about you know dance and how it's important that you feel good in your body and you're accepting of your body how it is even if you wanted to make changes you still need to accept where you are but how, how 
do, how do you start if if somebody was listening and they're like i don't even like my body like so i don't i don't want it to feel pleasure like I, mm -hmm. like i mean of course i want it to feel pleasure but i don't like how it is so why is it ever going to feel pleasure do you know uh, is how important is body acceptance to that yeah that's definitely a practice and a journey i know for me like i had a lot of insecurity around my belly and my breasts and i i think those can be really common things mm -hmm. so this work you know over sometimes it can happen it's not really overnight like these things take time and a lot of willingness to show up no matter what you know being kind and gentle and really listening to yourself but also um you know just showing up as as best as you can and having compassion too is really one of that a foundation of this work because you know, we've been raised in a culture that teaches us to, um, that we're not good enough and that we're, you know, always striving to look like this unattainable image, you know, like in magazines and Photoshop and <clears throat> it's just not reality. And so working with affirmation <clears throat> is really powerful. And, and, you know, just being gentle with yourself as well. And so what really helped me is breast massage, giving really loving breast massage and belly massage, like massaging different parts of your body. And just, you know, it may not be, feel kind of like fake it till you make it a little bit. Um, it may not feel kind of natural or it may feel wrong, but over time it, you know, going slow and really talking yourself through it um, is really helpful. And again, affirming safety with your body. Like I love this practice of just touching your body all over and saying my body is beautiful. My body is safe. And just like really sending love through your hands. And yeah, it's a practice, but some of the beauty about this work is that, um, eventually when we go into some of the self-pleasuring with a glass dildo which i guide women through is that you're you're turning off your cortical brain when you're engaging in sex or sexual activity with yourself or another the cortical brain shuts off that's kind of why sometimes people they have boundaries but then when they get into um intimacy or start to yeah engage sexually with someone they can kind of be like Oh, never mind. Like you know, they're yeah, they're some of their decision making can kind of go offline, and so. Um, but this works in our benefit as far as healing with ourselves uh, because it activates the deep primal subconscious brain, so you're able to create new neural pathways and rewire um, some of the dialogue in the inner critic and things, um, different voices within yourself that haven't been so kind to you. So you're really able to transform different parts of yourself that maybe in the past, you know, you were really harsh on yourself or, um, and these, these, these walls and these voices begin to soften. And over time, you know, it feels easier to love and accept these parts of yourself. And it really is a lifelong process, I feel like, because our bodies are always changing. Yeah.
Yeah. And especially, especially not only, but especially women and aging or women and active children or, you know, those kind of times when like radical things change, like, you know, visibly and, and not feeling in your body. I think probably people are feeling that way a little bit after lockdown and, you know, kind of maybe they, they, they're not used to, they, they've been in, in stretchy clothes for a year. And then, and then, and now I've got a, I've got a fit, but I don't feel like me anymore. Do you know, it's almost that it's like mm -hmm. that. I don't even know my body anymore. So I guess, I guess it's like any relationship. You've got to keep going with it and you've got to keep building it and, and nourishing it. Yeah, absolutely. What came up was just, you know, that awareness, like, I don't really feel like myself anymore. And then it's like, Hmm, what do you know, then there's like that choice where you can decide to do something different for yourself. And that's why people have coaches because sometimes it is hard to have that self-discipline. Yeah. And so to have that support and accountability and yeah, it's really invaluable. Well, the self-touching, I mean, that's a, that's a really <laughs> big deal. I talk about that a lot because when I first went to cabaret, I, I went to a class, like a taster class and I had no idea why, but I knew I needed to go. I didn't know what it was. Mm. So it was a bit of a shock when we did things like body tracing. And it is your hand and your arm. And all we needed to do was, you know, stroke our arm. And I wanted to cry and run screaming from the room. I just wanted to be yeah. sick. Yeah. Hated it. Um, you know, and I, I and and nobody could believe when I came back because I <laughs> I I was so I won't say traumatized, but I was very uncomfortable. And, you know, and, and that's a really simple thing. I mean, that's taken years of practice just to feel very comfortable to take up space and, you know, tracing, body tracing and things. But, but that even for, for some, uh, some women, they're not even used to, you know, touching their own face. I mean, other than to, you know, sort of scrub it if you're washing it or whatever, you know, right. but just that self touch is, is such a, such a, an intimacy with ourselves so i love that you do that you know really what should be basic work um it can be hard to work with the parts of our body that we don't like so much like you're talking about belly rubbing and you know it's like oh no i don't really want to i don't really want to acknowledge that part why is it so important that we that we that we nurture those parts of us that we uh that we don't really want to accept or embrace yeah that's a great question well i would i would love to answer but I, but I was curious like what do you think that was that was so kind of triggering for you um it, it was too honest mm. it was just too honest so and that's kind of where you know when we were talking before, confidence recovery is personal life, work life, and stage life. I have a persona at work life. I know exactly how to be. I know exactly how to move. I take up space. I can project my voice. I can do all this stuff. But when you're acting as yourself, like if you were asked to do a presentation on yourself, that's a different thing than doing a presentation on my topic. You know, so you have to be okay with the parts you're not okay with. Uh, if you're performing, you have to be okay with other people not being okay with you. And that, that was a, hard thing so it was kind of like if I hide those parts or if I don't take up so much space then I can hide a little bit and I can appear to be confident rather than be confident yeah 
And so, and so with things where it's really raw and really, you know, honest, you've got to be honest with yourself. And in order for me to be honest with you, I have to be able to, it has to come out of me, right? So it's, I've got to be honest with myself and I didn't want to do that. Not as me. Right. So this was a very uncomfortable thing. And also not only, not only just like stroking my arm, but actually taking up space, like my arm extended. It's like, oh, that's too much space. I, I like to operate in here. Right. So really, yeah, there's so many factors that could really influence someone to have um, resistance around, you know, taking a space or, or even just, you know, stroking their arm in a loving, sensual way. And, you know, there's a lot of narratives that we received growing up. One of, I know, a common one is that, you know, children or women should be seen and not heard. And, like women you're too much or like you know you don't take up too much space like fear around being seen like mm -hmm. truly seen fear of intimacy so um you know i one of my missions in life is to really end this cycle of of abuse generational uh, trauma that has been passed down and so that you know what i loved about your story is that you had this like inner guidance that just like came out of nowhere and even brought you back after, you know, you, you had that experience that was really uncomfortable for you. So there's, I think there's so many reasons why this work is so important and valuable, um, you know, to heal if you want to really heal and end the cycle of abuse within your own family. Because I've, I've talked to recently to some of my family and I've noticed that most of the women in my family have experienced some form of sexual abuse as well. And I just want to normalize these conversations because we hold them in, you know, we're afraid to talk about them. There's a lot of shame. Um, and I just want to normalize these things because I feel like life is too short and meant to be too beautiful and too celebrated to really live in this like really contracted way. <clears throat> And also there's this correlation between how we treat our bodies and how we treat the body of, of Mother Earth. And you can tell um, she's not doing so well right now. Um, and so I feel like, the, you know, the, if we <clears throat> have this empathy for ourselves and this deep compassion for ourselves and treat ourselves with so much love and kindness, we can't, it's, we can't do that to another person. We can't do that to, to the Earth. So, you know, there's... A big responsibility in that way um and it doesn't have to be that large that's just kind of what i've come to um but also i know a lot of moms like they give and give and give a lot of women have this um conditioning around giving and so you know especially as a mom to really fill your own cup and, and anyone really but to really nourish yourselves on those really deep levels the amount of energy you'll have to really give um, in a way that feels really in alignment for you and not not too imbalanced. So, yeah, I love supporting um, mothers. Um, I offer single mothers a scholarship, partial scholarship. And, wow. um, yeah, yeah, I just want, I want this, I want to see a world where women just love themselves. Yeah. And I have grown up children now. So my youngest is 20. So 
So when I look back, I mean, I, I think it's the most successful thing I ever did is being a mom. I did everything that I would have wanted. And I, I thought ahead to, you know, how would I want them to be? What kind of people do I want them to become? And what, what goes into that so that they, they understand? Um, but the thing that I missed, and we always miss something, was about self-care. So my children don't practice self-care because they never observe self-care because they never saw me doing that, Do you know? So, uh, so if, you know, if we don't make time for, you know, our own pleasures and we don't make time to get to know ourselves, then how do we, how, how do our children then, you know, emulate that? Right. They probably don't unless they somehow come across a teacher or a coach like you. Yeah. Leading, all we can really do is lead by example in yeah. coaching they pick up, you know, implicit, explicit information all the time. Yeah, and they're more likely to listen to what you do than to what you say. Right. Yeah. Say what I, do what I say, not what I do. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, you know, because I think, I think a lot of women, um, particularly when it, when it comes to their, their own uh, sexual pleasure, they're guided by their partner. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like, oh, I like when you do that rather than this is what I want. I don't even know what I want. Do you know, it's that kind of a, it's that kind of a thing. Or they'll go along with something that they don't want to do because they, for some reason, feel like they can't say no. And I'm not saying that there's even necessarily anything bad going to happen if they do say no, but, but a lot of times they don't express themselves. Right. to say no and that's that's the boundaries piece i guess that you're talking about there yeah and yeah so many of us contract our pleasure out to other people mm. and, but really it's it's coming from of course this inner source within us and so it you know all of these practices are really just bringing you home to yourself and deepening that self-love and that self-care yeah, because there's sometimes my partner um, doesn't want to have sex and, you know, I can get upset sometimes, but then I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I can do that for myself. Like I can, and you know, I'll, it's kind of like taking your power back and um, it is really empowering because it's like, I don't need you, but I want you, you know, coming from that place in relationship. Um, and then, yeah, they're like, even you know, I can have so much deep healing from self-pleasuring. Mm-hmm. And there, I can notice there can be like a subtle resistance to that, you know, to, in my own life, there's been a subtle resistance to being fully happy, allowing myself to be fully happy. And so it's been a journey like this. That's why self-pleasuring is such a powerful way to really bring all these pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that that piece about, um, you know, how do you like to be touched? If you can't answer that question, then there's some exploration that you need. Right. Yeah. And it's it's helpful. Everyone, everyone benefits when a woman is self-pleasuring and connected to her pleasure and her sensuality and to her body. Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone benefits. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have a, a more technical question, which is about why a glass dildo. Yeah, so I like I like a glass dildo or um, 
uh, crystal wands, like I recommend obsidian or jade just because of their properties. They're, it's a really cleanly, um, like bacteria can't really get into jade or obsidian and either glass. Um, and you know, you can warm it up. That's like a pro tip. You can heat it up um, before you start. That's, that's basically what I learned on. And it's really helpful because sometimes using your hands can be really uncomfortable um, and can actually create a lot of pain in your hand. And so the glass wand or the pleasure wands just really help access deeper parts of your cervix, of course. And that really helped me from having like really superficial clitoral orgasms mm -hmm. to having like deep, full body, multiple orgasms. And mm -hmm. it's just, it, it's powerful. It just can you know, access certain points that yeah. it's challenging by yourself. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, you're, you're, if you're, thinking just about your hand then it's like one shape whereas you can have different like ones that right. have different shapes as well so okay. presumably presumably then there's some variety there as well yeah there's yeah, yeah there's lots there's lots out there <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely okay so you um are also uh like to dance i do i love to i mostly do ecstatic dance and which is just free uh, flow form movement um, in this in a beautiful container. Have you ever done ecstatic dance? I haven't, other than um, uh, burlesque would be the closest for that. Um, or if I'm using apparatus moving between the two, there would be an element of exotic dance because you can't just say walk from a pole to a hoop or a, you, know, you can't just walk. So there, there would be movement, but not as a, burlesque would be the closest to that, right. I suppose. So ecstatic dances, there's a DJ and it, this is a sober environment and everyone is just dancing to the DJ and they're dancing however they want. So like you could add burlesque in there or you know, sensual dancing, but it's really, it, it was freaky at first actually to like, again, that, that intimacy and the vulnerability um, of being seen and just like yeah just expressing yourself and it's it still can be uncomfortable at times but it's a really beautiful practice just to get in your body and you know through movement process even different emotions you know if you're going through a tough time like it's a good way to kind of shake that out and move through through that that's why I love dance too yeah yeah I have a little bit of a problem in in like normal dancing like if I'm at say like a party or a wedding or something where there's like just a mix mm -hmm. of people dancing because I am more uh, explicit and move in more exotic ways <laughs> which isn't necessarily the right thing to do when you're on the dance floor at somebody's wedding and their granny's there next to you you know it's <laughs> like I mean I'm not ashamed of it but mm -hmm. I always kind of feel like okay I don't know how to move my body that's non sort of suggestive or sensual or expressive how I want to move. And it's quite interesting how, how different that is to somebody who's kind of dancing to a beat. Right. Yeah. I like structural dance as well. I think it's good to, because it works certain aspects of your brain, more like the left hemisphere. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, what's beautiful about ecstatic dance is that it's such a safe place that you can literally you can like just 
you could literally be shaking the whole time or you could be essentially dancing, you know, on the floor the whole time. Like no one's going to judge you. Um, and that's, it's, it's actually really liberating in that way because it's a little different than like at a bar or like, I don't feel as safe at a bar or in, or in certain places. Um, I don't really go to bars, but I, yeah, definitely ecstatic dances. So where do you go to exotic dance? Are there clubs? No, ecstatic dance. Oh, ecstatic. Sorry, ecstatic. Yeah, you're, you're, I keep saying exotic is because that's 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 my thing. But ecstatic. Where where do you go? So, in Santa Cruz, there's a really beautiful community. They have ecstatic dances all around the world. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, we've been doing outside um, at this beautiful little park called Ocean View Park. And oh. it like looks over the boardwalk and at the ocean. And yeah, we're doing silent disco right now, so everyone has like earphones. In on but we're all dancing the same music ah i have always wanted to do that yeah i think that is so cool to have silent just 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 from the whole kind of scene right just watching people people are definitely intrigued (laughs) it's very cool it's very cool so but um uh, shaking is such a great thing to do and if you if you if you've never done that before and you're listening to this going what do you mean shaking let's not it's not like, well, it is, I guess, just literally shaking. But do you want to just describe a little bit about what it's like to, to shake? Yeah, well, it has many benefits. It helps um, awaken, like, the lymphatic system in your body. So it helps, like, your blood flow. And if ever you're feeling kind of stuck or just a little sticky in your body or in your mind, it's a beautiful practice to connect with your breath and just literally shake your body, your head, Um yeah and just bounce up and down and this is actually um what i suggest during self-pleasuring because um there's certain pleasure principles that are kind of like the foundation and one of them is movement and so when you're actually self-pleasuring and i was i was wanting to share about this so it's a good good transition great (laughs) But while you're self-pleasuring, like really giving yourself permission to like move and shake in any way that feels good, you know, there's, again, we're kind of really locked up as a culture, like in our bodies, like again, not, not taking space. And so this really helps also move the sexual energy throughout your body and not so localized in the genitals alone. And that's what helps women have and men too, have full body orgasms. Um, so there's also the breath. So I do I do a lot of breath work in my program as well and in my coaching. And so the, this connection with the breath really helps deepen um, our ability to feel sensation. And again, it helps you can move sexual energy with the breath as well. So that's movement and breath, and then um, sounding. So sounding is also a great way to, to release tension in the body. So if ever I'm self-pleasuring and there feels like there's something that's kind of uncomfortable or painful inside my yoni, then I just bring my awareness there and begin to sound from that place. And it usually helps break up and move some of that discomfort and just yeah. yeah that's interesting yeah that's i mean you can do that with like 
probably back pain, any kind of tension or discomfort in the body. So yeah, sounding is a powerful practice to move sexual energy. Um, and so sound is another one. And so intention is a really big part of this program as well. Like we were talking kind of in the beginning, how women maybe might feel stuck in certain areas, like around loving certain parts. And, and it can be overwhelming at certain times, you know, this work, um, because it is so intimate and, and it's sensitive um, for many people that having this intention, remembering your why, your why that you want to do this healing work, that you want to connect to the body in this way, feel more pleasure, be more connected to your sexuality or sensuality. It really helps you in times where you may feel um, discouraged. So really remember your intention. And then you can also infuse intention into your practice. Like, um, I want to, you know, feel any sexual trauma. I want to um, just love myself more. I want to connect more to my breath, more to my body, you know, infusing these certain intentions into your, um, into your practices is really powerful. I hadn't thought of that actually, because a lot of times you, you just kind of let the sensation take over and it's not, and you're not, you're not thinking about things like intention and, um, what might be causing blockage those kind of releasing and those kind of things like for example i know um breathing and, and most people will be familiar with you know breathing into your diaphragm and you know and, and, and really taking deep cleansing breaths but really breathing into your genitals mm -hmm. i i find a um there's like a it, i can breathe in but then there's a catch mm. some somewhere kind of it, it, around my navel there's like a, a catch before I can exhale, you know, and it's kind of like, if you, if, if rather than just noticing that, if you could go back to your intention, then I would imagine that can free up some of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Have you noticed um, any shifts around that as you have more awareness around it? Um, it's more a practice, I think, but I think, um, intention is a nice addition to that breathing um i do find it much more you know people talk about deep breaths and into your diaphragm but i do find that when i want to be some more self-soothing then i concentrate on a, a much deeper breath all the way down into the genitals and just kind of and it's it's meditative isn't it it's just kind of like that just taking that time as opposed to almost I, because i think you know, everybody's talking about breathing and, and I think it's great to take those deep breaths and to, to feel calm and, but there's so much more than just breathing into your diaphragm. There is so much more to just explore of where that breath can go into your body. And that, that's a practice that, that takes, that, that's, that's a, a journey for me. It's nowhere near where it should be or where I want it to be. Hmm. Yeah. I really encourage the people, the women that I work with to have a beginner's mind and to kind of lead with this childlike curiosity um, because every body is different and even at different times of the day and different days of the week, like moment to moment, we're constantly um, changing. And so 
you know, some days your breath, there may feel more of a contraction or a limit kind of in your breath. And some days it may feel more open and free flowing. So just being mm. like noticing, having that awareness and being curious about how your body's feeling and, and ask, you know, even ha starting conversation with your body, like asking it, you know, how can I best support you? Um, what do you need in this moment? Um, yeah, things like that. You're really, really powerful. Isn't it interesting? Because we we don't often ask our body like, "What do you need?" Yeah, you know, we 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 really. I mean, and sometimes it's just as simple as I need some water, or I need some sunlight, or I need rest, or sometimes it's simple things. But we we often just don't do that until we get to the point where we experience some sort of pain or discomfort. Yeah, right. Until it gets like really bad, and our body's like screaming at us. Yeah. Yeah. Or until we no longer want sex or until we know, you know, it's like yeah. it, it's we, we, we put up with it, put up and then all of a sudden, nah, yeah, this is work for me. Complete shutdown. Yeah. 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 Do, do you get a lot of clients that come to you when they, when they've hit that point? Cause in the ideal world, they'd start to experience it and then right. come to you. Yeah. A lot of them have already come to that point. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So how do group sessions work with you? As so, in like, is this a coaching, like a, like an auditory thing? Yeah. So in my three month program, Sensual Metamorphosis, I, I'll just, I'll break it down really quick. There's, um, it's 12 weeks long. There's six modules. Each module is two weeks long each, and they each have their own theme. I, um, there's each have their own set of practices and journaling inquiries that are a lot of them are pre-recorded, so I'm literally guiding you through these different practices. We also have one-on-one -on -one coaching because I feel like that is so important with this work to really have that one-on-one -on -one support. Um, and then I like the group coaching because it creates this community of sisterhood. And what we really do in that is I lead, I lead you through a short embodiment practice just to get everyone kind of succinct and in, on the same page and in, in, in their bodies and present for the call. And then it's mostly just a heart um, sharing, heart circle is what they call them. So each woman has about three to five minutes and they go around and share their experience, things that they are celebrating about themselves um, about the past weeks. And then also things that were challenging and things that they just want to be witnessed in because, you know, having this again, this homecoming and being witnessed um, as you are. And also hearing from other women is really humbling and really connects you to this larger web. Um, because you see too, like these women, like they're going through the same things. A lot of people feel like they're the only ones or that they're alone in it. And that can cause a lot of suffering. Um, so yeah, creating that community. Um, I really am interested in initiation work. And a part of that is how they're embraced by their community once they've gone on this, this big journey. So a lot of people are doing having these kind of initiations by themselves, but then they don't have anyone to kind of recognize or hold them at the end of that. So then it's something about that doesn't feel quite sure. complete. Um, so they're kind of like recycling these things. So this is just like a way to kind of really 
create some cohesion and deeper connection with, with other people. Interesting. And also my mom, um, she does a tapping session ah. for one of them. My mom just became a tapping coach last year and she's really awesome at it. And yeah, it's fun to work with my mom. I had a vision a, a long time ago that we would somehow work together because um, my mom, you know, she was always kind of a healer, um, but she was a single mom and didn't think that she didn't have, she had conditioning that she needed to get like a real job, you know, nine to five to support us. Um, and so now she's just really coming back into her gifts. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. And that, and that, as you say, that sisterhood, I mean, that's just such an important part of it. Just, it, just in terms of feeling connected, not, not only to ourselves, but just connected to the world and to, to others. So if someone wanted to sort of start off with what, what would be the thing to start if, if someone, I mean, we'll talk about how to get in touch with you and, and your services in just a second, but if they wanted to sort of start in their own uh, body or mind, where, where's the starting place? Yeah. So I, I would start, there's a few ways, but even mirror gazing in front of a mirror completely, you can start with clothes on and work your way to no clothes on just to witness yourself and your thoughts that come up around your body with, to the best of your ability with equanimity. And so, you know, you can notice that there may be voices that are kind of judgmental or critical, but just being like, okay, thank you. And then continuing to connect to your breath and connect to the practice of just looking at your body um, through the eyes of love. If that feels kind of far off, then you can just practice kind of looking at your body with equanimity, as I mentioned before. Yeah. And also sensual massage with some nice oil and affirming that safety with your body. And, and my body is beautiful. My body is safe. And just, yeah, taking that moment to create connection. Nice. Yeah, because again, that yeah, just that that subtle thing of like making connection with our bodies is it's probably more powerful than, than you can even imagine. Yeah, yeah, and it, it 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 just just that getting used to that touch is is a beautiful place. Right. Yeah, I also okay. I also have yeah. a free um, breast massage guided practice on my website and okay. a free ten minute self-love breath work activation. Amazing. So they can, you know, access those things as well. Amazing. So that's at lovelegacycoaching.com. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, go check it out, especially, especially if you're somebody that goes, oh, I wouldn't even know where to start. I couldn't, I couldn't. It's like, well, you have to start, everything starts somewhere. And if it's speaking to you, then, then you know start there and then get in touch with samantha from there yeah it's beautiful well yeah following that that inner knowing like that 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 yes that inner yes and um that even like that turn on sometimes like trusting your turn on in your body to really guide you mm -hmm. and like 
and just following that thread, I think is really important no matter what you do, because the more we develop that connection um, to our intuition and to ourselves, the deeper that it gets and the clearer that it gets. And um, even if it's not with me, if it's with someone else as well, like, yeah, I just really want to encourage you to you know, take that leap of faith because that's what it takes at first, you know, um, venturing into the unknown. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So I have a few questions. Yeah. Um, so if you were doing a cabaret performance, mm -hmm. what uh, prop would you want to take on stage with you? One prop. One prop. You can have anything you want. Um, it's a great question. I've never thought about. What would make you feel <sighs> wonderful? Like a silk, like a, a long silk scarf. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I want I want to do some of your um your videos like your floor work and stuff cuz I I have been wanting to learn more about floor work. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's just some really just pretty patterns that we can do with our legs and it just it makes us feel sexy and you know the it's like putting on music, you know, you can you can do things that are, you know, more uh, I'm, I'm going to say kind of aggressive and you can do things that are more soft and you can do, you know, and you, you can, you can move on the floor in, in the same movements, but with different temperament and different intention. Um, so it comes back to the intention again. That's okay. A, sounds like a great way to explore <clears throat> different aspects of yourself, like different yeah. archetypes and yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say even like, um, I always end up on the floor. I don't know what the deal is, but I love being on the floor. I just feel like I can move easier there. I'm, I'm well supported. And then, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just feel most comfortable there. But, you know, if you wanted to try, like, get a chair and just, like, play with a chair. Like, just walk yeah. around a chair. Sit on the chair in different ways, on different sides you know move your arms stroke the back of the chair i mean it's it's just such a beautiful fun thing to do yeah i think the work that you do in, in the cabaret and in my work really goes kind of hand in hand yeah very much yeah very much okay so you're on the stage and you've got your silk scarf ready mm -hmm. uh what is your stage name what are you going to be introduced as oh um <laughs> you do know it's in there it's in there um the first thing that came to my mind was starlight <gasps> see you did know amazing yep. i love that <laughs> and then your scarf yeah. Beautiful. So, you know, if you put on some music and just played with that and play mm -hmm. with that character, that persona, it's just so beautiful. And then you'll learn how starlight moves. 
and you know we and you know sometimes people will say oh that's that's fake this it's not it's another aspect or persona of you which is why mm. i love cabaret because it can have we can have so many different temperaments i um i changed my stage name um during lockdown because i was very angry filthy i liked people to feel uncomfortable quite predatory um and i didn't want to have that same persona so i i shifted so that i could have a range it so i i was helen back and that was because that represented all kinds of angst and experience and expression of that and then i decided i didn't want to hold on to that anymore right. i could still do that i can still do do all of that fierceness but i can also have a softer side so now i am also helen um and uh, Helen is because uh, when I first started, I didn't want to use my own name, not even on social media. Mm -hmm. I was uncomfortable to to be um, in in that. Um, part of it is because I was in abusive marriage, and I didn't want to be I didn't want to be online. And then when I needed to be online, I didn't want to be found. Mm -hmm. And then when I went into the kind of cabaret world, I just grew into Helen back and. Um, and then I became also Helen. And that's because mm -hmm. depending on how you say it, like I can be like also Helen, or I can be like also Helen. <laughs> Do you know, I could be, so I can have different temperaments. Yeah. And when you're introduced on a stage, you get to tell the compare or the host how you like to be introduced. So you can give it the kind of the attitude according to your, 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 performance that's coming up or, you know, however you like to do that. So there's a lot of, fun ways to play with that. It's very meta, this whole also Helen. Um, it's, it's so it's fun. Nuance. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance, absolutely. So so I like I like playing with that. Um, and I, 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 Helen just represents a lot of different things. It just, it, and in fact, a lot of people know me as Helen, which is quite funny. Um, so, so it's just, and we, we, in the cabaret world, we call each other by our stage names if that's how we meet. So if I met you as Starlight, you would forever be Starlight. Okay. And so I might know your name is Samantha, but I wouldn't. And in fact, my business partner, Ryan, was uh, he was known as Dis, and he is still known as Dis. And, and when we started Confidence Through Cabaret, a lot of people were very shocked to know his real name. Because, oh, really? Yeah, it's quite funny. And and so we were Dis and Helen, and now we're Heather and Ryan. As people are like, what is happening? We get to know the real you. But but because we, you know, it's I guess it's a little bit like actors. Once you change your name, you kind of live that. I I don't live that um, that persona because I don't need to, and it's it's not my full time profession. Yeah. But a lot of performers live that way. You know, as a as their I guess it's like Madonna. You know. And Lady Gaga, you don't call them by their by their other name, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. So, so how I would meet somebody would, be, and I love that you knew your name and then went, ah. Oh. It's like, no, you know. I saw it. I saw it go across your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trusting this book with that first initial, you know, thing that came out. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. What I love about about this is that you know the truth is that we're so multi-dimensional beings and so this really it's it's just a way to really free ourselves ultimately um and that we don't have we don't have to be this one way all the time that there's this many flavors that we can tap into and embody and experience 
and that's like the beauty of life it's so diverse um so yeah i love that there's so and there's so many different modalities and avenues in which we can explore these different realms within ourselves absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. Oh, I love, I mean, I just have like, the, I, that took me off into a whole thing about role play and then, but let's let, like, we'll just be here all day. Like, <laughs> there'll be like a, like a, a mini series of podcasts with Samantha. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. so. I'm so um, grateful we've been able to connect because I, I didn't really know anything about you until now. And I, yeah, I adore you. You're wonderful. You. Me too. Oh, I've loved this absolutely loved this i said we'll do this again we will because we're not done we have oh, so great. much more so much more yeah i would love i would love 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 to stay connected and, and see some of the work that you do as well thank you thank yeah. you okay so people can find you at your website at lovelegacycoaching.com amazing and also um at my instagram at behold the beloved so what's it called? Behold the beloved. The beloved. Okay, hold on. Why, why did I do behold? H-O-L-D, the beloved. This is why I do these banners before. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't warn you about that. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is me. This is totally me. It's, um, yeah, this is fabulous. Okay. So it's the beloved, and it would all be one word because it's Instagram. Oh, I know that. It's behold it's the beloved. Oh my goodness. Okay. I, I typed the hold and then I, I don't know where it went. Okay, hold on. Uh, I love this perfectly imperfect. Yes, we're human. Embracing <laughs> oh no, we're human. What will happen? Oh look, the earth didn't swallow me. Right, the behold the beloved. Perfect. All one word, because it's Instagram. Yeah. Okay, I'm not even sure if I'm following you on Instagram because we're on Facebook connected, so. But yeah, we will presumably be. we can find you find everything on your website. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I'm so happy to have met you. Me too. And the next program, Central Metamorphosis, is starting July 1st. Oh, amazing. Okay, so July 1st. So we'll I'll put that up on the on on the promo. But if you're listening to this uh like like you know, in the next next week or so, then uh get in touch with Samantha. Uh but mm -hmm. I will make sure that we have all of that up. For all of the socials as well and i would love to give your listeners 10 percent off the program oh, wow and i didn't mention this but i also i also buy and give you a pleasure wand and so it comes with the program because I, that's very important and then i also have a jade egg course that i also give the women that join my program amazing okay so which is the one that's starting july 1st Central Metamorphosis, the three-month coaching program. Amazing. Deep dive. Deep dive. Love yes. that. Love that. Love that. Oh, okay. First of July. So that's not long. That's that's oh, that's yeah. so exciting. Yes. So excited. But I okay. run it four four times a year. So. Okay. All right. So if you're missing this, and you're watching it after after the first of July. No problem. That's cool because you can get in touch with Samantha on LoveLegacyCoaching.com and then find out when the next program is starting. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Well, we need to talk about you, Jade Egg. Um, I we just got too many things to talk about. Let's do that another time. Okay. I love it. 
All right, let's sign off now then. Uh, my name is Heather. Thank you, Samantha, for joining us. Mm, thank you so much, Heather, and for all the listeners out there. Uh, I've thank loved you. this. Uh, so just reminding you that it is your body, your world, your mm -hmm. stage. Take up space, people. Bye. Yeah.